Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, George Kurtz. We have the rest of Sunday's slate to get through, but don't forget, head on over to DailyRoto.com. It's the industry-leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings millionaire dollar winners and millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. Once there, if you click on Go Premium, you can use the same Daily Fantasy line optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools that have produced all those Daily Fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. So go to DailyRoto.com and enter FNTSY for a special discount. DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made. Literally. George, we continue on here uh, with our game-by-game analysis to a game that I don't know what to make of. This is a Cleveland Browns team that actually is pretty good. Uh, You know, with Baker Mayfield under center, the offense is doing enough to win some games. And if you go back and go game by game, they have, and this is every team, few plays you can point to and say, hey, they they could be 4-0 or 0-4. This is a team that could be 3-1 or 4-0 and has had some results and some bad calls go their way. And you have Baltimore on the other side at 3-1 with Joe Flacco throwing the ball a lot more. You have a, a weird situation in the backfield with injuries and who's getting the ball on the goal line. This is a fun game, I think. It's a divisional game, though, and that's always something to at least point out. What do you make here? Is is this one that you think might have some fantasy goodness to it that may go under the radar? Listen, the Browns are fun. That's, what, that's the way I look at it right now. The Browns are fun to watch. They have skilled players in place. All right, Mayfield's got a rocket for an arm, and he can throw all the passes. You know, good to see. Good to see that they finally, uh, you know, they're worthwhile again. Uh, yes, they, they got screwed last week, too. That ref overturning that call and uh, making it you know, a first. I have no idea what he's looking at. None. You know, uh, absolutely none on the on the review here. It's not where review shouldn't. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, uh, these are not uh, the bear. Uh, the Bears, the Browns of the past 10, 15 years. They're usable. They have usable fantasy pieces here. I'm not starting Mayfield. I'm not. You know, but I think he'll he'll be okay uh, in certain weeks. In two quarterback leagues, he's fine. Uh, Callaway. You know, they've said they're going to reduce his snaps because he's had several drop passes now, other issues as well. So the, whether they're going to follow through on that, but that's something to keep in mind here. I don't. He's not a star for, for me this week. Landry is. I know everyone's bananas about Nick Chubb. Folks, he's on three carries. Okay, <laughs> let's see the volume go up here before we throw, anoint this guy. They made him two luck carries that he had the, what, the 60 and the 40-yard run. You know, until Hugh Jackson gives him the ball more or Todd Haley, Carlos Hyde's having a good year too. My really evaluation on uh, Chubb, Listen, you want to grab them because you have a dead spot on your roster and you can afford to wait a couple, couple more weeks? That's fine. But you're not starting them this week. You're not. You know, Hyde uh, is your, your starter there. And for the Ravens, I mean, John Brown's having a magnificent season. I've already said Flacco, I think, is a good play. Once again, streaming quarterback. Maybe you have uh, – there's nobody on by you could have. But 
I don't know if I could pull Flacco over Russell Wilson. I keep bringing up Russell Wilson. I feel bad because I'm picking on him. But uh, he's the quarterback I keep looking at as, as far as the top 10 coming in, top 12 coming into the season who maybe can be sat this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is in this conversation too. I don't think I can sit Flacco over Rodgers. I don't think under any situation I'm doing that, not unless all three wide receivers are out for Green Bay, Adams, Allison, and Cobb. But Russell Wilson, I hate his matchup against the Rams. Hate it. And Flacco's playing well. I think there's going to be more points put in this ball in this game. I like the, Brown, uh, the the Raven players that we're going to talk about more than the Brown players. That makes sense. I, I get it. Uh, maybe more in depth here. What do you got from this back? What do you? Yeah, that makes sense. What do you got? What do you got from this backfield for Baltimore? Uh, we've had injuries. We've had some misdirection when it comes to who's the, the the bell cow, perhaps who's getting the the touchdowns. Do you see this as an ongoing year long issue where it's just scavenger TDs and and problems of really assessing who's the better value? I really wasn't worried about it until that fumble at the goal line last week. When Alice Collins put that ball on the ground, I was like, oh, crap, here we go again. Because that's what he did last year. You know, he kept fumbling inside the red zone, and all of a sudden, didn't get those carries anymore. You know, not for a few weeks until Harbaugh trusted him again. Then he did. And he had a pretty pretty damn good second half, which led to what his valuation was for this season. Now he put that ball on the ground last week. Uh, listen, it's probably just a one-time thing, no big deal, but you don't know how Harbaugh feels about it. Maybe he's just sick and tired of this. He's going to punish him for it. So that's where I am. Uh, the negative Ned me worries about that. Uh, plus, Collins is beat up. Now, I think he's going, I'm pretty sure he's going to play Sunday, but he's also beat up a little bit. So that's in the back of my mind here. Javorius Allen, Buck Allen is a play here. He's somebody I, uh, I'd like to get into my lap flex play if I can, just in case, once again, that injury more serious than we think. Maybe Collins can't play the whole game. Or if, once again, if Collins is going to be, uh, I don't want to say bench, but his carries reduced and maybe it's a 50-50 split and maybe, maybe Buck Allen is the goal line guy. So this is something I definitely want to keep an eye on. You know, it's this situation too with uh, the prices in DFS for some of these Baltimore receivers are intriguing. Michael Crabtree is at 5,100 on DK and he hasn't had, you know, necessarily the gigantic breakout uh, that we've seen in the past from some wide receivers, but he's getting a ton of targets and volume is, is king here. And I, I think that at 5,100 Crabtree will at least be part of my player pool later today. I don't know that he'll be uh, a main target but uh, will be somebody that if I need that price point, I- I'll be pretty comfortable uh, putting into this uh, lineup as we go through. Uh, over under on this one, I uh, missed out on reading that before. Let's see. It's uh, at... Well, what do we got here? It is at 45 and a half right now. It's dropped from 47 on the open. Implied total has dropped by half a point for Baltimore by a full point for the Cleveland Browns. So take that for what it's worth. I kind of kind of like this one. I, I do think divisional game, though, I will stay away from the, the wagering side of it just because strange things happen in the NFL during divisional games, especially in the AFC North uh, and the NFC East. Those are sort of the two places I, I stay away from games. I, I just prefer to watch them. Let's uh, continue on. We'll always double back to any games we have more information on or, or have another take on later on in the show. Tennessee and Buffalo. <sighs> Um, oh, why? Do we have can, to talk about can this? Can we cancel this game? Can we cancel it? Can we just say, like, a coin flip, maybe? Can they just coin flip at the middle of the, the field and call that the game? Listen, Tennessee's the better team. We know that here. Buffalo is just... 
I don't want to start anybody on Buffalo Fantasy. I just don't until I see something, anything, you know, some some sign of signs of life here, which you're just not seeing. And that includes LaShawn McCoy, by the way. Uh, so I got an interesting question. Would you trade LaShawn McCoy for Deion Lewis? And yes, I would. I would. I don't, I don't, I don't sure. think I'd hesitate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also worried now the uh, the woman filed uh, the, the, the lawsuit against them, whatever it was, and she claims abuse now. So now the NFL has to get involved in this. Right to see if uh, if he did this. And they, if they determine he did, he's going to get suspended. I think it's probably more next year, assuming they determine he did. Because I don't think they'll be able to figure it out for the next 12 weeks. But that's going to concern me as well. You know, there's so much off-the-field garbage going on with McCoy right now. And the team is bad offensively. I, I just want very little to do with him. I didn't draft him in any league anyway, so I'm fine there. But uh, if you have him, and I know you probably got him at a, a decent price at draft time. But make sure you check your routes and see what else you have there. Tennessee is a good defense. I just don't think see things going well for him here. As for the Titans, nearly not much love going on here either. I mean, uh, Deion Lewis, yes, he's an absolute star for me. Derrick Henry's done nothing this year. Maybe this is his breakout week, but odds are I'm not anticipating it. He only another play needs to show me something before I put him in my lineup. I know Corey Davis is really a good wide receiver. Had a monster game last week. But two problems. One, the Bills have a very good young cornerback who's shut down about everybody he's played. I think that'll continue with Davis this week somewhat. And maybe more importantly... I don't see Tennessee throwing the ball up and down the field. They won't need to this week. You know, last week against the Eagles, they needed to to win that game. They won't need to do the same thing this week. Uh, to have Mariota toss it all over here, I think it'll be more of a run game and win the game with your defense and get out of Buffalo with the win, move on to week six. All right. Uh, I uh, will admit that this is a Buffalo defense in DFS that I am at current rostering because they're the cheapest uh, team with a decent matchup. Now, obviously, a 22.5 implied total for Tennessee isn't all that inspiring, but a 39.5 over-under, uh, potential Mariota uh, injury still lingering. I'll take a risk here. Tennessee, obviously, on the other side from a, a DFS perspective, uh, would have some upside, too, against Buffalo, but at home, I'm not sure I'm going to take uh, the, the defense into uh, Buffalo there. So I, I want to admit that, say that up front, that I have uh, the cheap defense of the Bills uh, in a, a few of my roster constructions to go. Not overly confident there, just trying to take the discount in my GPP lineups. Let's uh, move on here, and we hit our first 4 o'clock game. Oakland and the Chargers, you know... <laughs> Stack up those Chargers. Uh, this is a bad Oakland Raiders uh, defense. Uh, the offense has some pieces, obviously has some upside. Uh, Chargers defense may uh, have some work to do, but I think they'll do it. I think this is one the Chargers win pretty handily when all is said and done. What do you got here, George? See, I think the Chargers win, but I don't think it's handily. I think points coming up on the board here. I don't think the Chargers can really stop anybody either right now. That loss of Joey Bosa to that defensive line has hurt this team. Several other injuries as well. I mean, they, San Fran had no problem going up and down the field with C.J. Beathard last week. All right, I, I, don't, I think DeGar, Carl will do the same thing. Not that Carr is a, you know, the end-all to be-all. He's not. But he can score points. And that Raiders offense, Gruden has done a decent job there. Uh, it's his defense that just completely sucks. So I think points are coming up on the board here for both uh, both squads. I mean, I'm starting Cooper. Uh, Carr is another person I'd start over Russell Wilson. I would. Maybe over Aaron Rodgers, depending on what's uh, going to happen there. Uh, you're starting Philip Rivers. I've got a lot of questions, but people just don't trust Philip Rivers. Listen, I know the man is uh, right. I know he, his, his attitude, his personality can grate on people. I get it. His throwing motion. I don't know how he gets the ball to where it goes either. I have no idea how whoever taught this man how to throw a football. But he gets the job done. 
So you're starting Philip Rivers. He's top 10 this week. Uh, I think my biggest question here, or two biggest questions is, which one of the Williams are we starting? Ty or Mike? I think Mike's by far the better receiver here, but it doesn't get as many targets as Ty. So I have a problem with either one of them. I think Mike is uh, certainly much more touchdown dependent than, uh, than Ty Williams, T.Y. Williams. Uh, and Antonio Gates. And tight end is a vast wasteland this season. But the problem is Gates is also, like Mike Williams, he's touchdown dependent. The volume is not going to be there. It's pretty much going to go to everybody else. But so Gates doesn't make my top 10. He's just outside. He's sort of in that Ricky Seals-Jones, Olsen Safarian Jenkins uh, level there, deciding which one you want to go there. Sort of hunt, pick, and choose here. And Marshawn Lynch, by the way, is fine. He's back in practice. He's scoring a touchdown a week. I think that continues this week. He's absolutely in my lineup. Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant, that'll Martavis Bryant's really on the outside. You'd have to have a couple of uh you'd have to have like Alan Robinson and Mike Evans, and you are down low on your receivers this week. So Martavis Bryant goes. Jordy Nelson's in flex consideration. I Jordy Nelson defies everything I understand about football, but uh it's fine. It's fine. I get it. Um he has had a very good season start. Obviously the big big week. Uh, a couple of weeks back, but uh, getting it done and obviously uh, having a good time there in Oakland with the uh, old school Oakland Raiders. Uh, overall, you know, I have a tough time here. I think this is I know the 49ers put up points. I just think this is a game the Chargers win by more than the, the minus five right now. Um, I, I think their offense puts up a ton of points here. I see it as a. 31-24, 31-20 sort of game where they, they are able to do enough on offense, keep the uh, Raiders' de- uh, offense off the field, and uh, ride Melvin Gordon in the second half. So I may may take a look at that spread uh, as I look at some things later this afternoon. I just don't trust Oakland at all uh, when it comes to keeping this game close. But uh, George has his take. I have mine, and we uh, will talk a little bit more about uh, some wagers in the final segment. Don't forget, uh, next segment coming up uh, after the break, that is uh, coming up shortly, uh, we will take your phone calls. So if you are uh, wanting to speak to George and or I, uh, there is a way to do that. It's 844-843-6879. Let's uh, talk next about, uh, you mentioned uh, some of these pieces here. Uh, obviously, uh, CJ uh, uh, Bettard there. Uh, have you pronounced his last name? Uh, San Francisco and Arizona. Uh, 0-4 Arizona Cardinals and the 1-3 San Francisco 49ers. Where have you gone, David Johnson? Where have you gone? Uh, an offensive line that's terrible, a coaching staff that apparently doesn't have any real way to get him the ball has led to him being almost an afterthought when it comes uh, to fantasy football. Not to this team, obviously. He's one of the few skilled players they have. You do have Rosen as the starting quarterback. You do have a coach speak that they're going to try to get Johnson more involved. We've talked about this for what feels like five weeks now, George. Do you see it happening? Um, this is a week where uh, DFS-wise, his price has dropped, and I, I would want to play him, but I, the results just haven't been there. Do you see them changing this week? I do. I think it's a good matchup. You know, San Fran really can't stop anybody here. Uh, the problem is this, though. I mean, everyone's covering him because there's no one else on this team. Fitzgerald's questionable, and he's looking more and more like he should have retired. Not the same player right now. Uh, now he's questionable to play. He's banged up. So I'm not, I'm not starting for Sheldon under any circumstances. And, I mean, can the average fan or fantasy player even name another Cardinals offensive player? I mean, it, it takes a second to think about one. So I think that's the issue here. There's no one on this Cardinals offense. 
You take away Fitzgerald, there's no one in the passing game. Ricky Seals Jones, yay! You know, as a, a, a possible, you, you, you starting tight end this week. They, and defense is a king on uh, Johnson. This is king on him. Make anybody else beat them. Uh, I'm still buy. I'll buy on Johnson in fantasy leagues. People want to sell him to me at 75 cents on a dollar. I'll buy and take my chances. In DFS this week, I'll have some lines because of his price has gone down. I will have some lines where he's in it. But I think the Cardinals' offense is in trouble. I think San Fran proved last week we can move the ball. We can, even with uh, C.J. Beathard. That's just how you pronounce his name. I call him Beathard. He's got a ter- just a terrible name for an athlete. Uh, that's like, you know, what the Cincinnati Reds pitcher, Homer Badley. Really not a good name for a pitcher, especially in that ballpark. Uh, so this is a game. Uh, this four, four o'clock games, I believe, this week. Won't be paying much attention to this one. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I think that I, I want David Johnson in some lineups for the idea that it, it happens finally and that they, they can do it. But you make the same point we make about Julio Jones, right? That defenses are keying on these guys because they can. Now, I think Atlanta's starting to show with Ridley and with Devonta Freeman back and, and Sanu in some cases that they, they need to cover others. There's no one else here. There is no one that needs to be worried about in football. That's a problem. There aren't isolation plays here. You can't get them, you know, on an island out on the wing and let them go one-on-one. Uh, they're going to double cover them so much. So I have DJ in some lineups. I'm not overly confident about it, but as that price tag continues to drop, I'm going to have to be on him just simply because the skills are there. Coming up in the next segment, 844-843-6879. We are taking your phone calls, so get on the line. We want to hear from you. Dan Shraver, George Kurtz, right here on Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at Bet DSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Bet DSI is now offering up to $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to Bet DSI and start winning today. Feel the vibration, George. As we move on in uh, week number five, we do have the phone lines open. Get at us, 844-843-6879 for this segment. If you do uh, want to talk to George or myself as we continue on here uh, talking NFL week five. And uh, we move on uh, as we continue to talk here. Uh, just spoke uh, briefly about Arizona and San Francisco. Up next, you've mentioned his name many times over, almost like Beetlejuice. I was surprised he didn't appear, George. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, in this matchup with the Los Angeles Rams. It is in Seattle. Uh, it is a matchup where his price point has dropped, and so has Doug Baldwin's uh, from a DFS perspective. So I've heard them talked about in that light. But you are of the mind that this is a uh, a matchup you want very little to do with Russ Wilson, right? 
Yeah, I don't know if it's really on Wilson. Uh, I think it's more on the fact that they just not many many weapons around him. And once again, we've seen this over and over again. Baldwin's back, but he's not the same player right now. That knee injury is still bothering him. He's in and out of games. Uh, I think he'll get better as the season goes on, I hope. But, you know, other than that, it's Lockett, who we know is, oh, deep threat, fine. But nothing fantastic here. Rams, very good defense. I think they'll make life hell for Russell Wilson on uh, Sunday. It's what I expect here. There is nobody on the Hawks I want to start. Baldwin, at best, is a flex consideration for me, but like I said, nobody on the Hawks I'm looking to start, even at home this week. I'm just not. This Rams team, I think, is a juggernaut. I think they are the best team in the NFL right now. I don't see that changing on Sunday. And once again, for the Rams, it's all your usual suspects. Who aren't you starting? Goff, Woods, Cooks, uh, Cup, Gurley. Uh, that you start your normal suspects here. So uh, it's, it's a pretty easy game for me. I have Russell Wilson in a couple of leagues. You know, uh, I think in the Scott, the Scott Fishbowl I have him, and one of my home leagues I have him. In the home league, let you know how, Wilson, how far Wilson's come down for me. I am debating Wilson or Mariota this week. And I'm probably going to go Mariota. The match just, uh, just dictates it, even though I think the way Tennessee's going to play is going to be disappointing for me. Or in other fantasy owners, I just don't think they're going to try and open up the uh, passing game up and down the field like last week. I think that's, that was a mirage. So the problem is I just don't see Seattle being able to do anything. I guess the only good news here is that Seems as though I expect the Rams to score. I don't want to say at will, but whenever they, almost whenever they want, Seattle's going to throw the ball an awful lot. And maybe this is the week that Russell Wilson will run, will use his legs to move the chains here. So that's the only upside I can possibly see here. Uh, from Ben Baldwin over on uh, Twitter, uh, and he then cited, uh, he's a, a writer for the Athletic Seattle, a good follow if you are trying to get some information uh, on the Seattle Seahawks. Per Sports Radar, Russell Wilson has been pressured at the second highest rate in the league, 37%, trailing only Deshaun Watson. Uh, to George's point, uh, the weapons have a, a problem there, but also that offensive line. So uh, Wilson has had uh, a, a limited amount of time to throw not under pressure. Now, obviously, he's one of the most improvisational quarterbacks in the league. He has done a great job outside the pocket. He has been somebody who has created a lot of offense with his legs and, and not mean running, just like getting out of the pocket, making, buying some time and, and looking downfield. Uh, but uh, he's just had a rough time this year. No clean pocket, no real advantage. Uh, outside the pocket because the pressure is coming pretty much uh, at all times. We do have a caller here, and good to have him back on the show. Kenny from Philadelphia, you are on with Dan and George. How are you doing this morning? How you doing, Danny? How you doing, George? Mr. Blue, uh, ready for some hockey, buddy? I am ready for some hockey, Kenny. It's back. It's back. Actually, there's a game in Sweden today. Devils and uh, Devils and Oilers play at 1 o'clock Eastern. I'm going to get I tried it out before, but kind of fell off it. But I am going to try some more hockey. Uh, I was going back and forth with uh, Scotty on this Josh Gordon thing. Um, I mean, he was the premier target in, I mean, in Cleveland, like uh, like Scotty said. But I don't think his role is he's a possession downfield threat. That's what he is. Now, he's not going to be a primary target in New England. He will get down the field, and Tom will throw him the ball on occasion. So what do you guys think about his, if, if any, value there? What do you guys think about his value? I think, you know, listen, I think he's going to be a guy who week over week is going to have a high ceiling and a low floor. Uh, he, he's going to be somebody that is targeted when uh, they need to get downfield. They need to get vertical. Uh, but to your point, he is not James White. He is not Edelman. He is not Gronkowski. Um, and, and those are the three guys that 
Brady's going to target the most. And I, I think that there's obvious value to him. Um, there are going to be weeks from a DFS perspective or even from a, a season-long perspective where he wins you leagues, where he, where he goes six for 120 with a score. Uh, but I think those are fewer and farther between than people are admitting just because it's New England, just because okay. it's Josh Gordon. He's a physical specimen, but I do think that I want to caution him being a week-over-week stud in the mold of Julio Jones or Odell Beckham Jr. or, or, or you know Thielen or Diggs there in Minnesota or uh, the guys out in, in uh, Los Angeles. I don't think this offense is set up that way, and I think that he's not Randy Moss. Um, so I, I think I want to caution that. I think week over week, and George, I don't know if you disagree. I don't trust Gordon to be a number one wide receiver in receptions and yardage. The upside's there, though, on any given week to be just that. I oh, I agree it. with you. You're getting no argument from me. Right. I did do it. Uh, I'm a trade this week, guys. Uh, somebody actually released uh, Jerry Cook, and they. Um, I guess I got an outbid on the waiver wire, so... The, the person wanted to give him away pretty much. So I, I actually traded Deion Lewis for him. Now, I still have Zeke. I got, I got Carlos Hyde and I got James White here. So I only traded him because I got Greg Olson. I actually picked him up a couple of weeks ago. Somebody released him too. So I got him. So I'm waiting for him to come back, I guess. And I traded Deion Lewis for, I mean, for, uh, for Jared Cook. What do you guys think about that? You traded Lewis for Cook and you got Olson coming back maybe next week? Uh, is he coming back next week? He was in uh, limited practice this week, so I think he is back next week or the week after at the very latest here. I wouldn't have done that deal. Not unless you were 1-3, uh, 0-4, where you had to go for a win this week and needed Cook in there. Cook deserves to be rostered. That's just not the problem here. I, I like Lewis a lot. I wouldn't have wanted to give him up. Not for a player that, let's face it, you're only going to get another game or two out of. Maybe you can then trade Cook back or even trade Olsen and get something back. That would be a little different. We can look at this trade a little differently. But no, Kenny, I would have done that. Okay. All right. All right. Bad move by me. A couple of DFS plays. I like I like this cousins. Uh, uh, this cousins and uh, Thielen Dig stack as, up against the Eagles. I think that's that game will go pretty much over. Look, I love I love some of your calls early on this, on Stafford and the uh, in that game. Loving Andy Dalton. Like I said, I got them winning the division at seventeen to one. I'm I'm riding them guys, man. I'm riding I'm riding the Bengals. <laughs> I'm gonna be a classic Bengals fan this season. My Saints. I'm glad we got a. I'm glad we eked out that win. I guess uh, the defense finally showed up. We still got some work to do there, but uh, I'm good. Other than that, maybe some Odell Beckham this uh, this week. Hopefully, he finally gets in the. End. I can't believe he hasn't gotten the end zone yet. So no celebrations for him, or anything yet. So hopefully, he gets in the end zone this week. But uh, I know you guys got more topics to get to. So I'll be listening, fellas. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Kenny. Appreciate it. No, we haven't had Odell in the end zone. We've had to deal with Isaiah Correll wiping his behind and then getting a, <laughs> a sponsorship deal out of it. So there's that. But uh, we haven't seen Odell peeing in the corner of the end zone or anything quite yet this season. I'm sure there's more of that to come uh, as the year goes on. Let's uh, talk about that game. And, and Kenny already alluded to it, stole a bit of my thunder. But this Philadelphia-Minnesota game, George, I'm all over it from an offense perspective. I know both of these defenses have been talked about and they're ones that we play pretty regularly from season long in DFS. But this is a a week where I really love this game. As Kenny said, to go under the radar, to be under-owned, and to have a lot more offense than people who take a quick glance at it may expect. I have Cousins, I have Thielen, I have Diggs in places. And on the other side, 
Wentz and Ertz, uh, going back to the law firm of, of Wentz and Ertz here, uh, I just think that it's a huge week for Zach Ertz. I, I think he far outpaced the field. Now, obviously high-priced in DFS, but I think he is a clear cut with Gronk uh, playing Thursday night. Obviously, it didn't work out, but Gronk playing Thursday night. Ertz is by far the tight end play, or you go very cheap. Uh, do you see this game the same way, or is this one you think that the defenses uh, both show up uh, for these NFC foes? Well, Minnesota's had a couple of extra days rest, right? Coming up that Thursday night wipeout to uh, the Rams, where the defense couldn't stop a high school team, it looked like. Uh, they got a couple of extra days. You think Mike Zimmer, defensive, uh, ex-defensive coordinator, will have figured things out. At least that's what I want to think. Yeah, uh, it's hard to tell what's going on here. We know the Philadelphia defense just got lit up by Mariota. So I, I don't have much doubt that if that offensive line can protect Kirk Cousins, he's going to find Diggs, Thiel, and Rudolph. They'll move the ball here. So I do expect some points to be put up on the board here. Uh, it'd be hard to say otherwise. And what are you going to say? Oh, they, they did figure it out? Well, maybe. But I'm not going to bank on that here. So I agree. I think the points we put up on the board. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go with my normal suspects here. I think it comes down to this. Can you start Alshon Jeffrey? You know, and how do you feel about Ajayi? The Minnesota should be able to play the run strong. So I don't feel great about Ajayi. He's a running back two, a low-end running back two for me this week. And if I had if I had a lot of depth there in PPR leagues, you know, you have the Lewises, you know, the guys like that, I could probably find a reason not to start Ajayi. Because I think unless he gets a touchdown, you're not going to have a big game here fantasy-wise. So uh, it's a revenge game. You want to look at it that way for the uh, championship game last season. Maybe uh, Minnesota feels uh, has a little extra push here. But it's Eagles at home. I'm still, I, think the, I still think the Eagles win the game. I think it's going to be close somewhere, 24-21, somewhere in that range here. I'm not starting Jeffrey. Uh, not this week. Uh, I just think the Xavier Rhodes, after he was torched last week, will have a little, little something to say about him, and it won't go well for Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar, who's been disappointing now a little bit. You know, really they got Jordan Matthews not playing in that slot anymore. Uh, also, his catches are dried up a little bit. So I'm concerned about him as well. I uh, this is just a, a, a game where I, I agree with JJ. I think if he doesn't get into the end zone, you're going to be uh, sorely disappointed here. Uh, Zimmer has said uh, he he doesn't really know what's going on with that uh, secondary and has been trying to figure it out. Um, the defensive line injuries and obviously uh, Griffin out with the, the mental health issues. I, I just feel as though this is a, a week where uh, the Eagles get a ton out of Ertz. Um, I think you're a good question here on Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, this is a good, should be a better secondary than it's been. Um, but I, I just, I'm all over Wentz and Ertz. And I think on the other side, you can come back uh, with plenty of, of wide receiver uh, plays with Thielen and Diggs uh, from the Minnesota Vikings to have maybe more of an upside in this game than some people may see. You do see a rise in the uh, implied totals and the over-under. Uh, looks like it opened at 44.5, up to 46.5. So two-point movement uh, during the week. Uh, it's still minus three in favor of the Eagles here. 24.75 implied total for uh, Carson Wentz and co. And uh, you do have 21. 1.75 for the Vikings. I'm going over here. I, I do think this becomes an offensive game uh, where we don't expect one. I think this goes uh, to a 31 24 uh, sort of contest where uh, they're back and forth for most of it. I, I don't see the defenses showing up maybe as much as uh, Vegas is implying. Well, yeah, 46.5 isn't the defense is showing up that much, but in today's NFL, it is. Uh, we're, we're seeing uh, week over week rising lines, uh, very. Uh, 
analogous to the NBA over the past couple of years where, you know, five years ago, a 200 implied total in the NBA meant all the offense in the world. Now we're seeing totals pushing 235 and 240 on a regular basis when Golden State is involved. So I really think it's it's the age of offense. We're seeing touchdowns at an alarming late rate uh, where the defensive backs are playing two-hand touch and the offensive players are playing tackle football. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be one game that I target heavily and, and look for it to go heavily over, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll play that accordingly. Let's uh, continue on here uh, and get... Uh, Oh, is that our? That was our last four o'clock game. We can actually get to the Sunday night game. Look at us. We made it through. The bye week has helped us out. Uh, I do want to get your take here. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans, the battle uh, for Texas uh, that uh, has a Texans team with a lot of problems, uh, a lot of issues uh, on offense and defense. Dallas uh, getting uh, Ezekiel Elliott going last week. A uh, big game from him. NBC Sunday Night Football here. Uh, all the eyes will be on these two squads. George, what do you make here? Is this a game that Dallas takes handily, or do you see the Texans giving them some problems uh, on the offense and defensive side of the ball? You know, the first thing is I just laugh because this is the NFL FU to Major League Baseball. <laughs> because uh, why are the Cowboys playing on this Sunday night? Oh, because the yep. Major League Baseball playoffs are on Sunday night. And that's just the, ra- the ratings will trounce. I mean, the, the Cowboys will trounce it. Whether you like or hate the Cowboys, everybody watches. Everybody watches football anyway. And now you put the Cowboys and the Texans, a big rivalry game. Really? I mean, really? I mean, I'm a Cowboy fan. I don't care about the Texans. You play them once every four years. Who cares? You know, I, I don't understand that. It's, it's not really a, I know it's in-state, but it's not really a rivalry game. Uh, I mean, I, I would get more, much more worked up over the, the Eagles, Giants. I mean, division games, Green Bay, San Fran back in the day. Not as much now. But uh, I, I don't see uh, the Texans as a big rivalry at all. Uh, no, this is not an easy game for Dallas. I don't, I don't think Dallas wins the game. I think we are, Dallas is going to have problems, especially on the road against teams that can score points because they can't score points. At home, it's a little different. They'll, uh, Dallas is going to do what they always do or what they just always want to try and do, control the clock with Ezekiel Elliott, keep the opposing offense off the field. Not because their defense is bad, but because they just can't score points with anybody. The problem is the Texans can score points, and they probably will. Fuller's back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to finish the game. I'd be very worried about starting Fuller this week. But depending on what else you have, you still go. Hopkins is an obvious go. Deshaun Watson's a start. So uh, simple there. Lamar Miller banged up. I don't like him anyway. Another guy who I have no shares of. Didn't want Lamar Miller. Uh, Foreman, I think, is going is to give a run for that uh, job when he's back in a couple of weeks. So uh, he probably has to start for you, uh, Lamar Miller. But once again, unless he gets in the end zone, not a good fantasy day for you. He's not someone I'm anywhere near dying to get into the lineup. And it's only Ezekiel Elliott. That's it for the Cowboys. Nothing's changed here. I'm not starting Dak Prescott in anything but a two-quarterback league. I know technically it's a good matchup. Houston can't stop anybody. But Dallas doesn't match up well against anybody. It doesn't matter if they can stop or not. There's another Ezekiel Elliott game. If he can do what he uh, does... You know, keep the chains moving. If they start keep using him in the passing game, that will open up other things. But it doesn't help anybody fantasy-wise other than Ezekiel Elliott. And that's, it's, that's the way it's going to be all year long. Rashard Matthews is out there. You know, and he's, he's nothing great either. But he would be the Cowboys' number one wide receiver if they signed him. Yep. No, I think that's a great call, and I'm surprised that hasn't happened as of yet. It is amazing to see the Cowboys, and I get, you know, they drafted Elliott and they had the offensive line, but... 
it they almost seem like they're stuck in the past. Like it's so amazing how quickly the NFL has shifted to this passing league, but you saw sort of the warning signs of it, and there were people who were sort of ringing ringing the bell that the pick of Elliott was a little misguided by the Cowboys, but this has quickly become a passing only league and Dallas is playing sort of the old man's game in a new new young man's league. I don't know how long they keep up. Um, I just, I really wonder how long this uh, team stays together as it's currently constituted and whether or not Jerry Jones makes some moves. Uh, don't forget, find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We're going to talk some DFS, some wagering in our final segment, College Football Today, coming up at the top of the hour. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz here with you on Fantasy Sports Day. We will be back after this quick break talking more about NFL Week 5 DFS plays and wagering on the other side of this. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. a way to close out the show here on Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz for about 20 more minutes, 18 or so, as we close out uh, Fantasy Sports Today for Saturday, October 6th, week number five of the NFL season. College football, of course, today you have college football coming up at the top of the hour where uh, FNTSY has you covered getting ready for all things college football. I cannot play college football DFS here in Massachusetts, which uh, is pretty disappointing, but uh, probably keeps a little bit more money in my pocket. So, uh, George, we're going to talk some DFS, some wagering here. Want to start with the wagering side of the ledger. Uh, we went through some of the over-unders, some of the uh, game totals, implied totals. Didn't really uh, dig into any individual player props this week, uh, but uh, can see if there are any intriguing ones out there while you discuss some of your views here. Any games that you already have uh, some wagers down on or ones that are intriguing to you uh, that you think you're going to try to cover off on uh, throughout today and into tomorrow morning? Well, there are always games that are, uh, I guess, more intriguing to me than others. Uh, as far as games that I've already been on, I, I mentioned the one who now I can't remember what it was. Uh, I'm, I'm tempted to go over, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm in the Pittsburgh Atlanta game. I'm tempted to take the over on 58. Uh, oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! I mean, oh boy! That's, that's... Can, right. Can either one of these teams stop the other? I mean, really? Can that's they? That's fair. I mean, so I'm very, I'm very much tempted on, on that. Uh, I, I haven't done it yet because sometimes I feel like it's a sucker bet. We all think it's going to be an 80 point bowl game. You know, so that you know maybe it won't be. Oh, Denver! That was the one I took because I got it early in the week when they were uh, when they were getting points. And I think that's the thing they this game here. Yeah, so uh, that's the game I already uh, have uh, something on. The other game that I kind of like here, I like the over in Oakland, uh, Los Angeles. The Chargers, I don't think anything can really stop the other all that much. Uh, And uh, the other other game I'm looking at here as far as uh, betting on would be, oh, uh, the Rams over Seattle. I think that seven and a half sounds fine. I just don't think, I don't see how Seattle could score points. Or at least not major points. I I think the Rams in a bad game score 24 to 27. 
just an if then everything's not clicking all right. If it's good, they'll get the 30s again. And I just don't see how Seattle can uh, keep up with them. Now, if I'm not taking the over-under, mind you. That 50 seems high to me. I would actually take the under if I was going there because I think 50 is too much. Uh, and the other game that intrigues me, and it's uh, and it maybe my Cowboy fandom going uh, in reverse here, would be taking Houston. Because I just don't see – I think with the Cowboys, <laughs> I'd feel different if it was at home. But with the Cowboys on the road, they're just not going to be able to score with these teams. They're not, they're not built that way. I think you said it perfectly <laughs> before the commercial break. They're sort of living in the past here with how they're playing things. And today's game, you need to be able to throw the ball up and down the field, and they can't. You know, Houston gets a couple of scores here. Dallas is be, you know, not in their comfort zone here. I think Houston wins this game. I really do. And Dallas has to play well against Houston anyway in the past. Uh, it's in Houston. I like the Texans, though. <laughs> they were actually one of my favorites here. But sometimes I do wonder if that's my reverse uh, fandom coming in. Yeah, the, the reverse mush. Uh, welcome to being a Jets fan, but um, that's, that's pretty much the way it works. But uh, I think, nonetheless, uh, some good calls there. I like, I mentioned earlier, the Philadelphia Eagles-Vikings game has pushed to 46-and-a-half. Uh, 44-and-a-half when it opened was was my favorite as an over here. Uh, I think that's almost a slam dunk. Uh, I also am toying with the under in the Tennessee-Buffalo game. I, I You know, 39-and-a-half points seems like... 100 for those two teams. I could easily see that being a 17-9 sort of contest. So intrigued there. Uh, I think the Denver call was a great one, especially early in the week when they were getting points. I I just think that's... I don't see the Jets coming to play uh, well enough in this one uh, that they are able to make that work. And, you know, the Rams is a good one. Uh, I I don't know if I'll go there simply because of the the Russ Wilson factor um, being a little bit of a wild card, but I do like the the take there that not really seeing where Seattle can score score the points. So uh, lots of options for you out there to to make some wagers. Um, I will put my stamp, though, on that Vikings-Eagles uh, over uh, as the, the one play I'm most intrigued by and one I'll check out later today, uh, depending on where it sits so when I log in. Uh, let's talk some DFS. Uh, Want to go through quickly here. Uh, typically look uh, DK prices, but uh, can take a look at FanDuel and other websites if you guys uh, have questions. As always, feel free to ask us over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. And of course, you can find George at George Kurtz, and I am at Dan Strafford. Pretty straightforward Twitter handles there. Uh, so find us, and of course, find George pretty much uh, all week uh, and all weekend long here on FNTSY Radio. You'll have him for the second half of the day doing updates uh, and analysis uh, for uh, the uh, week five of the NFL tomorrow. So uh, be sure to follow and to check him out there as always. So we have tons of options uh, to go through here at the quarterback position. There always are. I say it every week, and I mean it. Ownership is pretty thinned out here, meaning you're going to get one or two quarterbacks up around 15 to 18 percent, and then you'll start whittling down into the single digits. Uh, This is not a position that I necessarily worry about ownership on. Obviously, you get Mitch Trubisky at 1% like Adam last week. That can make uh, up for some other parts of your lineup uh, that are not nearly performing as well. Uh, But uh, in cash games especially, uh, I'm not so worried about ownership at all. Uh, GPPs, I'll differentiate elsewhere. I play the quarterbacks I like best. Uh, Some of the names I'm on this week, then we'll get George's take. Obviously, Roethlisberger and Ryan, I think those are easy ones to point out. Uh, You do have... 
Uh, Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz, who I've talked about a bit, who I think have upside potential here. Uh, then at the cheaper end of the pool, it's Blake Bortles and Matt Stafford for me. I, I think that covers off on all the different price points, all the different roster construction uh, types you can have, uh, and I think gives you some upside across uh, multiple games. Who, who are some of your favorites as of right now, George? Well, you're right. Uh, I mean, the quarterback is loaded. Roethlisberger, Rivers, Ryan. Uh, I mean, if you want to go high, I'm not going to go high because I think there's plenty of lower, uh, cheaper quarterbacks, which you could start there as well. Stafford at 5,700, I like. Uh, Dalton, was he 5,900? I like. Uh, Bortles, <laughs> I have no problem starting him. Uh, Flacco, I don't, I don't think I'll start Flacco all that often, but 5,400, if I needed to save a couple hundred dollars, it could come down to that. Some, uh, some leagues. Bortles, 5,500. Quarterback is loaded. Derek Carr at 5,200, I don't mind either. Yeah, there's a lot here and lots of different ways you can go. Um, I think in the NFL this year, stacking, especially in cash games, is going to slowly dissipate because there are just so many touchdowns, so many passing touchdowns. So I think you're going to see less, or at least you should see less and less of it as the year goes on. Uh, but uh, obviously some of these quarterbacks with their wide receiver pairs are going to be in prime spots uh, to put up some big points. Running back, George, uh, who are some of your favorites? Have you go first uh, on this position? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I'm paying up this week. You know, so I'm not going to have uh, Melvin Gordon, 8,600. I mean, Christian McCaffrey and Barkley are so valuable because of all the passes they catch. I mean, but we're forgetting Barkley is catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. Eli Garrett, man, getting rid of the, getting rid of it. I'm not paying for Connor at 7,500. I'm not going to assume they do figure him out. Uh, Joe Mixon, I like the price at 6,900. But, you know, first game back from injury. Uh, same thing with Devonta Freeman. Probably not going to pay for him there. I did mention earlier, Johnson, 6,300. I'm going to have a hard time passing that up. I am. So I'm probably going to go with him. T.J. Yeldon's 5,600. I think he's going to have to be in my line. I don't think I have a choice there in a game where we expect points to be put up on the board. KC can't really stop anybody. I like Marshawn Lynch. That's pretty much a touchdown a game. That's really what he is. Deion Lewis, another guy I like. These are all guys in the mid-fives mid you can get here. So, uh, once again, I'm going to go a little cheaper on running back and cheaper on quarterback to pay up for wide receivers. I uh, I like some of the names you said. I will pay up a bit here. I will have Gordon and McCaffrey in a couple of lineups. Uh, I don't have any James Conner as of right now. I do have Joe Mixon uh, at 6,900. And I think with Gio Bernard being out, with this Miami defense being putrid, um, I love Mixon to have a gigantic week. I know he's coming off of a knee scope, and that is uh, a question mark. Uh, but I like Mixon here uh, to have a pretty big week. Uh, you move down. I think you're right. I think finding guys like an Aaron Jones at 4,300, uh, some of the names you mentioned on the cheaper end of the ledger uh, do give you some roster flexibility at wide receiver, where clearly there is gigantic upside. Um, listen, we can talk through each one of these, and I, I think it's worthwhile, but you have a top end that has Brown, Jones, Beckham Jr., Keenan Allen, Thielen, Smith-Schuster, Cooks, A.J. Green, Manny Sanders, and Stephon Diggs. And Devonta Adams is questionable uh, in there. All of them. Like, I, <laughs> it's a week where, and listen, like Beckham Jr.'s matchup necess- isn't necessarily the best, but Squeaky Wheel gets the oil, gets the grease, whatever phrase you want to use. And it's a week where Beckham Jr. should have a, a good week uh, based on the individual matchup, per se. And uh, Manny Sanders, I think, is in a great spot. I think A.J. Green will go overlooked, and Miami's defense is not that good. I know they have some good players in their secondary or coming into their own, but all of those top plays here, George, feel quite right. And then you go to Tyree Kill just below them at 68 uh, or 6,900. 
anybody in there that you don't think has a, a good upside play this week? Anyone that you would stay away from from a DFS perspective? Well, I'm not taking Devontae. I don't like taking players who are hurt who may not be able to finish games. So I'm not taking Devontae Adams. And like I said, if he's the only receiver healthy, which right now he may be, not only is he hurt, he's banged up, but Darius Slay could travel. And I'll say it again. Slay is not Deion Sanders. He's not Jalen Ramsey, but he's pretty good. He'll slow down Adams somewhat. So he's somebody I'll stay away from. Uh, I'm definitely starting either Brown or Schuster. It's just a matter of which one I want to pay for. Do I want to pay the 91 or do I want to pay the 75? That's what it comes right. down to there. I like Golden Tate in the Green Bay game as well at 6,700. I think they're establishing to throw the ball. I think he'll be successful doing it. It's in the dome. Uh, so he's someone I like a whole lot this week. I mean, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, 5,700. John Brown, who's lighting it up there with Baltimore, 5,600. These are all guys I like. They're receivers you can find here. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned D.D. Westbrook. He's the guy I do think for Jack. If you need to go cheaper. I'm going to have somebody in that Jacksonville uh, game here, in that passing game. Westbrook is 4,700, so he's somebody I like there. Like I said, it's a little bit of a risk because you're, you're, you're gambling there. Which one is going to be the guy? And listen, if you want to go completely contrarian, Aaron Rodgers has to throw to somebody. And if Allison's out, Valdez, I mean, I may feel like I have no choice. Val, Valdez, I guess Scantling, that's his name there. 3,300. That will allow you to get quite a other people in the lineup. I won't do it if it's just him. If Adams is out and Allison's out, I won't do it if it's just Valdez Scantling. But if Adams is in, Valdez Scantling is going to get some targets here. He's somebody I may look at. I, I you, you nailed a lot of them for me. I'll throw Mo Sanu in there at 4K. Um, I think that uh, also down here in the cheaper end of the pool, you look at someone like Michael Crabtree at 5,100. I mentioned Marvin Jones earlier. I think you do make a good point that Tate and, and Galladay are ahead of him, but even in this matchup, if he's good to go at 4,700, I think there's some upside. You mentioned earlier, too, um, James Washington for Pittsburgh. He's down at 3,500. Now, listen, it is clearly Antonio Brown, and Juju Smith-Schuster is one and two, and, and James Washington is a distant wide receiver three. But this is the sort of game where there's going to be lots of points. And so if you get down this cheap, uh, you have some big-time upside from someone like James Washington, even going with a, a Washington, Antonio Brown, Ryan, Julio Jones stack. Like, getting all of those pieces in to this gigantic output could be more than viable uh, down here really on the cheap end of the pool with lots of upside, lots of potential upside. Uh, and you mentioned the other uh, uh, Grant, uh, Green Bay wide receiver down there, Valdez uh, Scantling. Uh, an amazing set of names for the back wide receiver, uh, wide receivers for Green Bay. Lots of uh, lots of letters, lots of consonants, lots of vowels. Uh, getting the, those uh, jerseys stitched together. That 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 hyphenated name has to take up a lot of space on the back of his jersey. I, I will uh, check that out on on Sunday to be sure. Um, Let's talk about uh, some defenses here, and then we'll close out the show, hand it over to College Football Today, getting you set for the day that is in college football. Uh, Rutgers playing again, probably going to lose, not going to lie. So uh, that's not going to be all that much fun in this household. But nonetheless, uh, we continue on in our college football season. Uh, let's talk defenses. Obviously, we look for uh, low uh, totals. We look for... Uh, turnover upside. We look for opportunity on special teams as well. What do you got? What are the uh, defenses that at least stand out a bit now and fit into some lineup construction at present? Once again, defenses generally I look for, it depends how my lineup ends up working out, but generally I'm looking for the cheapest defense that I feel I can can start and get a, a good point total from. Once again, 
if all this is only if all three of those wide receivers are out, I'll think about Detroit. If Adams, Allison, and uh, Cobb is out, we know Cobb is out. Allison is probably fifty-fifty at best. Maybe clears concussion protocol today. I do think Adams plays, so we're probably not going this direction here. Other than that, I mean, I gotta, I, keep, I keep going up the list. Who's it? The defense you like best? I think it comes down to Cincinnati, twenty-seven hundred. And I like Cincinnati against Miami. I don't think Miami's biggest a uh, big threat at all. Even if Devonta Parker plays, I don't care. I don't like Tannehill, so I think I like them a lot. If you want to pay up for somebody, I mean, the Titans have a number one defense, 4,000. But it's against Buffalo. We're going to see this week in and week out where they have a defense to, uh, to go for. Uh, whatever team's playing Buffalo is a defense to go for there. But for me, it's going to be the Bengals in a lot of league at 2,700 at home against Miami. Yeah, I think Bengals is a good call. Obviously, top end of the pool, uh, Titans uh, make plenty of sense. I could see Denver actually having a good day here against the Jets uh, as uh, some upside against the rookie quarterback. Uh, and then I think down on the, the cheap end of this, the pool, you, you're, you nailed it with the Bengals. I think that's one where uh, the record clearly does not indicate what kind of team Miami is. This is in Cincinnati. I like the upside at 2,700. And uh, I will be honest, I said it before, and I'm still there. I'm still on the Bills at 2,300. I I think that Tennessee traveling to Buffalo, tough tough place to play. It's going to be a game that is, I think, 17 to 9 when all is said and done. And if Buffalo gives up 17 points, are you disappointed? Sure, because you're not getting the, the zero or the shutout when it comes to points in DFS. But I do think there's some up, upside for turnovers here. And they're just so cheap. 2,300 makes a world of difference. And you pointed out the lines down there at 2,200. You take some risk down here. Cash games, I'm going to the more expensive Bengals, first of all, and then up at the top end, I will take some some Titans and cash games to just make sure I have a, a floor I can trust uh, when building out those lineups. Hope that helps you guys. Hope that uh, gives you an idea of uh, where George and I are looking as we build our lineups heading into Sunday. Uh, the scores have been very high, obviously. As offense continues to peak, you're going to see these scores in DFS continue to rise and continue to be predicated on quarterbacks and wide receivers and obviously running backs who, or who are catching passes out of the backfield and scoring touchdowns. It's going to get better before it gets uh, worse. I don't know what the phrase is right there, but it's offense is going to continue uh, to be key here. So don't focus too much on defense. Go after those offensive players that uh, have the most upside, and hopefully you have a winning week. And don't forget, to, as always, to check out DailyRoto.com uh, for all their DFS content. Uh, thanks so much. As always, Sean Engel behind the glass. Appreciate the production. Uh, you have college football today coming up next. Stay tuned for that here on FNTSY. And as always, uh, George and I are here every Saturday morning from 8 to 10 a.m getting ready for the week in the NFL, complaining about baseball, uh, and of course, just having a good time here on FNTSY Radio. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy week five of the NFL. We'll be back with you next week right here on FNTSY Radio.